Hey everybody, Josh here. It's in a world alternative media here, and we're joined by Tim Pachot, the Liberty Advisor, and we're going to talk about Wells Fargo again today. I know you've all been waiting for another video on Wells Fargo, as earlier this year, as we could see on the screen, the the stock cratered um, from almost 60 points all the way down to about 20, and now it's bouncing between 23 and 25, down 3.3% on the day as I record this video. It's not uh, market close yet, so I don't know where it's going to end up, but I do know that it's probably going to stick around the flat line. Um, Wells Fargo has been plagued by controversy over the years, and obviously um, they're well known for creating fake insurance and repossessing people's stuff on houses and cars, um, creating fake bank accounts and all sorts of stuff like that, shady business all around. I think we accounted in one video once years ago with John Snyson for something like 70 um, scandals between 2015 and 2018 or something like that. I mean, they've been plagued by scandals uh, and alongside Deutsche Bank, they're one of our favorite banks to make fun of. But um, as this article at a Market Insider says, Warren Buffett has slashed his Wells Fargo stake to a 17-year low. Here's a chart tracking his 30-year investment in the bank. And by the way, Warren Buffett is Mr. Wells Fargo. After all, he's the guy that's been promoting it while licking his ice cream on a daily basis, just, uh, just basically um, blowing or pulling the alarm on um, Wells Fargo, telling everyone to invest and get involved in Wells Fargo, saying it's a very good bank, it's a great bank, despite all the scandals, while he talks about all of his virtue signaling and how he helps the poor and all that kind of stuff while just doing all that to get around taxes. Anyway, um, we're going to get into all of this and more today but first make sure to hit that like button check those links below share on social media to get around the shadow banning join our newsletter at www.imbanned.com it only takes a second my friends to put in your email and of course we are completely viewer funded so um, go to the GoFundMe Patreon or subscribe star link below if you want to help keep independent media alive as well as Bitcoin and of course on top of all of that we also are on the other social media platforms like float.app bitshoot library and minds mostly on float and library make sure to go over there um, and join us there as we won't be on YouTube much longer as they're demonetizing us, censoring us, and they're about to take us off of this platform. Um, also, if you want to get the new PFT privacy protector, I highly recommend it if you want to keep your health safe from the radiation and stop yourself from being tracked everywhere you go. Um, Dan Dix of Press for Truth and a man by the name of Howard have been working on this product and uh, did a lot of market research for this, so I really highly recommend you go and uh, get one of those linked below as well. Anyways, Let's get into this article. As I mentioned before, Warren Buffett has slashed his Wells Fargo stake to a 17-year low. Here's a chart tracking his 30-year investment in the bank. And let's just go down to this chart here. And we see him uh, back around uh, 2012. You, you see him uh, slashing his stake uh, substantially on the size of stake and percentages here on the side. Um, but obviously, uh, he, he got really involved in the early 90s and he became Mr. Wells Fargo after a while, now cutting a huge percentage of his stake to about 2%, um, down from initially at one point 14% just a couple of years ago. So, Tim, let's talk a bit about Wells Fargo. They've been in uh, hot water many times and it almost didn't seem to affect their their share price that much. Obviously, being a major bank, they they do a lot of fractional reserve. From what I've seen, also on top of that, they have a huge derivatives exposure and their cash to deposit ratio. It sucks like most banks. But with that said, you you see this major downturn around the, the time of coronavirus, just showing how weak 
this old guard system really is. It's really um, it's really exposed a lot of the weakness in the mainstream banking system. So uh, what do you think about Warren Buffett pulling his stake? Uh, I know you're a certified financial planner, so there's, there's things you cannot say. But with that said, from your perspective, looking at um, Warren Buffett, Mr. Wells Fargo slash his stake to a 17-year low at this point in time, what does that tell you? So we're just talking about this because it's in the news, not making any buy or sell recommendations on here. But Warren Buffett not only sold this, but he also sold uh, Goldman Sachs uh, earlier as well. And then uh, notoriously actually bought uh, Barrick Gold. And so that was one of the first times, uh, you know, or maybe probably the first time that we've seen uh, Warren Buffett buy gold because he's notoriously, you know, has at every single opportunity bash gold every single time he could and he's been a, a darling of the banks and owning a lot of the banks uh going back to 2008 2009 he had some really uh crazy kind of sweetheart deal with goldman sachs but what gets me about warren buffett is that he gets his perception as being this you know oh he's just a nice guy eating an ice cream cone and you know back in the day he was you know a very good investor but lately in my opinion what he is more become is turned into this mouthpiece of the uh politicos where you know, he is able to get certain legislation passed and influence legislation that then benefits his companies. But it's because of his, you know, clout uh, more so than at this stage of the game than the investing abilities, uh, at least in, in my opinion, uh, because, you know, he, and he does other things, too, with that Goldman Sachs deal. I can't remember all the details off the top of my head, but he was able to exchange some other shares into something else. And if you or I were to do that, we'd have to pay capital gains. But he was able to defer that. And then you see a lot of other people who want to, you know, tout him up as being this, you know, charitable man. Well, I'm one of my main wheelhouses is actually specializing in charitable giving planning and knowing how this stuff works. I've given presentations on this, workshops on this, uh, where I've gone very, very in depth to this. And basically, if you're at the that type of level, where you have uh, capital, a you know, huge amount of capital gains, and whether it's, you know, something like Bitcoin or on stock or, or anything, uh, the elite are able to, and actually, you don't have to be elite. I mean, if you're out there, you know, sitting on a seven figure gain, you know, go to the libertyadvisor.com and I can show you how some of the stuff of what Warren Buffett's doing because they make themselves better off by quote unquote giving away their money than if they hadn't. So then he gets, you know, galvant around with Bill Gates uh, as they, you know, talk about how, you know, charitable everybody is when really, you know, it's like, oh, he only, you know, he, his secretary pays a higher tax bracket than him. Well, he only pays himself like a dollar or like a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, obviously it's, you know, a big difference, but for him, that's nothing because all of his gains are in capital gains. But he doesn't have to pay capital gains because of the different types of charitable giving that he's done where I don't know the exact method that he used, uh, but uh, as somebody that does intricate planning on this stuff for individuals that I know that there's that definitely it's not just out of the goodness of his heart. And he well, he it, well, and he knows it, and a lot of people know it. I mean, like the thing is, he is a genius investor. There's no doubt about it. He is probably one of the top most genius investors of the 20th and to the 21st century. Even though he buys a bunch of crap that I wouldn't buy and supports a bunch of things that I wouldn't buy, and I actually think that he does some pretty evil stuff. And on top of that, um, of course, it's all virtue signaling. He's a nice old guy. He's like it's like Rockefeller, uh, uh, Jay uh, Rockefeller, or JD Rockefeller at the end of his life is like. Well, everyone looks at me as this old miser, so I'm just going to do philanthropy. Um, he gave dimes away to homeless people. Oh, look at me. And then it transformed his family into a philanthropic family. Um, Warren Buffett is similar in the sense that people were going after him a lot in the 90s for being predatory. So what he did was suddenly he's like, well, we need welfare. We need to help feed the poor, all this kind of stuff, virtue signaling to the people that elect politicians based on giving free uh, things away, quote unquote. And meanwhile, and he knows as well as anyone else, um, the system doesn't work. But 
With that said, he is um, he's known for giving to charities. He's giving to charities because if he gives to those charities, he will save money. He's going to keep more of his money if he gives to those charities. He's literally doing that just to get around taxes. Now, am I against that? No, but with that said, it's dishonest to say that he's just doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Oh, I want to help the poor. He's doing that because he can help the poor, and by doing that, it can look good, and by doing that, can save money. Um, that's just brilliant, mar uh, you know, market research strategy. But and let's also not forget that the large. If you actually break down the largest recipient of the TARP funds, it actually, and then you break down who the owners of those individual companies were, it actually traces back to Warren Buffett was basically the largest welfare whore uh, of anybody in yeah. 2008, 2009 from all the bailouts. And so he wants to raise your taxes and saying, you know, taxes on rich guys that came are high enough because he's taking your money to then enrich himself. Yeah. Like he wants, he needs a tax base higher so then that way he can make himself richer and then he doesn't pay taxes. And, and you know, if you want to be in that, and I would say he doesn't pay taxes, but it's not nearly as much as what you think it is because of the different charitable giving strategies that he's probably more than likely is employing. I mean, he's definitely part of the uh, Gates Giving Foundation, but I've had people who've sat through my presentations on different types of charitable giving and the heads have absolutely exploded. And, and, and really, if people like, understood how all this, you know, quote unquote, giving worked, they'd be absolutely outraged. But at this point, you know, don't hate the player, hit the game. Like I'm, you know, people like him help influence it. And I'm just trying to help my clients you know, know, the, know the laws and the rules that are out there to make themselves better off because, you know, at the end of the day, paying the least amount of taxes is a better way to help you and your family. And we know that, you know, anything that goes to paying taxes isn't going towards roads and going well, to and, stuff anyways. But. And we also know that um, he personally has bailed out um, entire industries as well as savings, savings and loans uh, agencies in Canada. Like, for example, Home Capital Group was a huge, huge um, uh, real real estate um, loan, loaning, like savings and loans kind of um, thing in Canada. So I can't exactly, I can't remember the exact name of what kind of enterprise they were. But the point is, we used to report on it a lot. They went bankrupt and it was at risk of collapsing the whole Toronto real estate market. And Warren Buffett came in and bailed them out. And since then, he's made a fortune off of them. Some people are like, oh, he's just saving um, people from losing their home and all that. That's wishful thinking. He's made a fortune off of doing that, of, uh, out of giving them a bailout. And he put a few billion dollars into bailing them out. So just remember, go back in time, look at what he's done and look how much money he's made off of it. It's not just out of charitable, um, you know, the warmness of his heart. A lot of billionaires do the same thing, by the way, and don't go on TV as some virtue signaler. But anyway, the point is, um, Wells you Fargo. Bill, you got Bill Gates talking about on, uh, you know, this is at Davos talking about how the, va you know, giving money to the vaccine, you know, uh, different causes. It's a 20 to one basically return on his money. And so, you know, yeah, he gets, you know, get, and that's the worst part about these guys who are absolute vultures at this point who then they get to gallivant around like they're you know trying to save everybody i think he was also uh involved in countrywide financial i'm not 100 sure on that i know that the ceo at the time was angelo mazillo but i hadn't looked into that in like 12 years but yeah one of the first books i ever read on investing was uh benjamin graham's value investing which with yeah. benjamin graham was his and it's actually just sitting right over there was his uh main mentor and now he's stepped away from uh value investing which basically has been dead for the past right. you know 10 years and now he's gone into companies that he would have never gone into before like names like Amazon and Apple. And, and I do want to point out that Home Capital Group, because I, I was confused there a moment ago, is a Canadian holding company and is a credit agency. I just wanted to make that clear. I totally forgot what kind of industry they were. We, I've done uh, thousands of videos, so just uh, just 
keep that in mind. But with that said, going forward, Tim, um, let's talk about briefly as we wrap this up. Because again, by the way, if you want to become a client of Tim Pachotes, you can go to the libertyadvisor.com um, below in the links below. But um, uh, like, how much further can Wells Fargo put off the inevitable? And I don't mean just specifically Wells Fargo. I mean the whole industry, uh, like the old guard system of the old banking system that obviously there's a lot of people and they've been talking about it for many years, uh, talking about you know replacing the old guard system with the new guard system, mostly decentralized and stuff like that. With everything that's happening in the world, how much longer, in your opinion, um, can these old guard systems like Wells Fargo hold up and continue doing what they've been doing for so many years? Yeah, I don't want to comment on Wells Fargo specifically, but you know we're at the point now where I think even you know, the average person out there, obviously not, not you guys, you guys are above average, are realizing that the debt can never be repaid. And it's just now, you know, trying to get into, you know, how it's ultimately going to shake out because, you know, you can't make everybody happy. Uh, but, you know, my guess is that, you know, they're going to introduce some sort of, uh, you know, maybe there's some new digital dollar that's backed by the, you know, Federal Reserve that's not backed by anything. And then that's going to be, you know, tight. So now all the money is going to be tracked, traced and surveilled. And it's, oh, we're going to take your, you know, your $20 that you have in your bank account. And if you get it turned into this new money, maybe we're going to give you, you know, 25. And then, and, and oh, we're going to also going to, you know, if, if you get your vaccine, we're going to give you, you know, $1,000 are going to go directly into your account over there. And so there's going to be some sort of, you know, in the past, it, this one, I don't want to say like this time is different, but the thing that's different this time than other times is that the, that the U.S. is the central, uh, is the world reserve currency. And so no one wants to, you know, be the one who, you know, has the whole entire system collapse. But Actually, I mean, from like a Cloward and Piven strategy, which are, you know, Cloward and Piven were Obama's uh, mentors where they wanted to overload the system. And then uh, once you overload the system with, you know, welfare and all the entitlements, then what happens is the whole system collapses underneath this weight and then you get to go rebuild it. And so they didn't want to have that collapse underneath, you know, Donald Trump, obviously, because they didn't want him to go back to be the one that rebuilt it. The plan was to have that happen underneath uh, Hillary, I mean, Hillary. And then uh, and at that point, what would happen is that they, you know, the left then gets to, which, you know, not even the real left or you know fake left and there's plenty of things that i'm probably more liberal on than you know anyone from the left but uh I, yeah i think that eventually i mean who knows maybe i mean the fact we're even at this point now and people don't get it i mean maybe when the interest is a trillion dollars a year even though you know rates are at, you know point when rates are like 0.001 percent and they're still going to be a trillion dollars a year maybe at that point i don't know but uh you know maybe warren buffett even gets it because he's buying things like barrett gold uh buying you know i'm sure once next time they have another release that we'll probably see that he bought other gold companies as well. It's speculation. I don't know. I don't, I can't say for sure whether he does or not, not making any re recommendations, but it seems like even some of the old guards starting to realize it. Even some of the regular talking heads. I mean, even you, you pointed out that Paul Krugman looks like he's like 90 years old and homeless now. Uh, so maybe he's starting to even worry about this sort of stuff, or maybe it's his uh, security stuff that he has in his computers that, uh, you know. <laughs> well, and he, okay, look, also I wanted to point out that Warren Buffett, uh, a lot of people are saying that his um, buy on gold could push Bitcoin to 50K. I mean, there's a lot of speculation going on right now, but it's interesting to see a lot of the old guard people start to um, warn of the things that we warned about for years, and a lot of the in, uh, institutional investors and the Keynesians out there warning about the things we've warned about for years just to cover their butts, and then 
because they don't want to be like Ben Bernanke like three days before the crash in 2007 saying we're everything's raised, uh, you know, everything's rosy. Everything's going to be great going uh, down the line. Um, same with Janet Yellen. So we won't see another crisis in our lifetime. And then Jerome Powell saying that we won't see interest rates move in 2020. I mean, all these people are wrong, 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 wrong. And we all are basing all of our financial freedoms on these people, which is something that needs to end immediately. And we do see the shift happening slowly but surely. And I do believe we are going to prevail long term. Things are going to get worse before they get better, but I do believe we're going to prevail long term. Anyway, uh, let's close this off. Uh, as I mentioned before, if you want to become a client of Tim Pachotes, you can go to the libertyadvisor.com linked below. And um, I guess we'll wrap it up from here. Make sure to hit that like button, share on social media to get around the shadow banning. I mean it, guys. We need you guys to share on social media, including our library links and stuff like that, because the videos automatically go to our library. It takes a little while to get them up on BitChute because of a processing issue on BitChute, but we are on BitChute and Float.app as well. Um, Float.app being the, um, really, they're try just trying to replace Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Tumblr, Reddit, and Patreon all in one with encrypted private messaging. No algorithm in the news feed so that basically you see what you want to see rather than what Float wants you to see. And then, of course, you have, um, you know, pledging and Bitcoin on there. You could tip people on their live streams with Bitcoin. And right away, we'll have monetization coming right up on the videos on Float. So doing, that's a doing, lifesaver. And they're doing it on a string shoe budget. So, I mean, if you're trying to replace all these systems without taking in, like, huge mass of outside funding like you know if you're facebook and you're getting you know contracts from you know lifelog with the cia and stuff yeah, yeah you can build them things pretty easily even like youtube couldn't back in the day couldn't even uh before they sold to, had to sold, sell to google because they couldn't get all the bandwidth so just be patient with some of these newer platforms uh because you know it i know it's it's not easy, you know, trying to replace every single one of these at once from a voluntarist perspective that isn't right. going to try to, you know, screw you later on. So. Right. The only way that these um, websites are going to do better is by people using them. And the more people use them, the more investors potentially might go in there and invest in them, which gives them money to put into devs and all this other stuff, which builds them up. And then it's more useful and, and more prevalent against these old guard systems that we're talking about, because many old guard systems are being replaced by new guard systems in many different ways. Also, um, we are completely viewer funded and monetize so make sure to um go to the links below for gofundme patreon and subscribe star and again you could uh donate in bitcoin or you can go to our coin tree address and there's a bunch of different cryptocurrencies you can donate in as well as on float.app you can pledge in bitcoin uh, you just have to fill that wallet up first and then of course um something that uh, i've been trying to get people to go on for a while because i think it's really important is www.imband.com it takes two seconds to put in your email on there and it allows us to reach you when we inevitably get deleted off of youtube and if we're not not deleted by November 5th. We're leaving and only posting trailers to our full videos on the other platforms. Anyway, um, again, you could go to the libertyadvisor.com to become a client of Tim Pachotes. And finally, you can get the PFT privacy protector that Dan Dix of Press for Truth has put a lot of work into linked below. Um, keep yourself safe, keep your security safe, keep your uh, privacy safe, and keep your health as, well, healthy as possible. How do you say that? Keep your health healthy as possible. That doesn't make any sense, but you get it. You guys get it. Anyway, I really appreciate everyone watching today. And in until next time, this is Josh Sigurdsson and Tim Pachote signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth, be the change.